When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Katie Harms, Andy Rand Bernard, Cassie Schrader. God, your voice sounded totally different than last hour. <laughs> we well, I wasn't. Well, I don't even know what I was doing. <laughs> well, in any case, we will be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business that started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. You made me cry when you said goodbye. I always love Fats Domino. Antoine Fats Domino. The greatest. You know, he always wore a skipper hat later on in life. Matter of fact, even when New Orleans flooded, he was wearing a skipper hat when they put him in the boat. (laughs) True story. Walk into New Orleans is one of my favorite songs from back in that era. You want to play a little walk in I, New Orleans? I don't know if I know that. I'd love to have this that. This time I'm walking to New Orleans. I'm going to need two pair of shoes when I get through walking these blues. It's phenomenal. Oh, that's fantastic. It's a great song. Really, really good. Uh, former Papa John CEO John Schnatter has lobbied another, uh, or lobbed another grenade in his war with the pizza chain he founded, telling CNBC Thursday that he has no confidence in the company's leadership team. At the head of that team is CEO Steve Ritchie, Schnatter's hand-picked successor. Schnatter says he has a tendency to over-promote. <laughs> That's cold. He promoted the guy, and then the guy got rid of him. I like Steve as a person, he says. I don't like, of course, the way he's gone about this, adding that Richie has been harsh and cruel. In July, Schnatter resigned as chairman of the board for using a racial slur during a conference. 
he retains a seat on the board. Now, he he did use a word, but he it was not a racial slur that he was cuz cuz you would wouldn't you infer that he called somebody in order for it yeah, to be a racial slur. Yeah, that's what they're trying to make you think that happened. They are trying to make you sure that he make you think that he said it to somebody. Yeah. He used an example and he used the N-word. But that's what the guy said. He was talking about Colonel Sanders. He said, Colonel Sanders, the Kentucky Fried Chicken, used to call people the big N. But he used the word. But you, it's a word. It's a, it's a but mispronunciation. But he used the word. Yeah, yeah, but you can't have it both ways. Yeah, you're right. You can't have it both ways. You should be able to use the word. I, I understand, and I don't use the word. Uh, I understand exactly what you're talking about. But I just... So you were smart enough to stop using the word many years ago. Well, I, what I used to do, I was probably one of the last radio guys in America to use that word because if it was in the story, I would read the story the way it was written. And then we finally decided, you know, we probably can't use the word, e- even though it's in whatever publication, whatever newspaper, whatever it was, we can't. So I did stop using it before the newspapers did. Right. How many years ago? Years. Oh, God, it's 25 Okay. Maybe. This guy's smarter 20. than that. No, I understand, but he also didn't know he's being recorded, which I don't really understand how you can record someone without telling them you're recording. I'm not defending this guy. I heard he's a flaming prick, to tell you the truth. Oh, wasn't I, it? I think it was on a conference call. It was, yeah. Oh, I thought it was in, in a conference. At, he was there at the conference. I think it was a conference call. It was a conference call. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Don't use that over the phone. That's yeah. not a good idea. Not a good idea. No. Um, but I've said this before when I was, when I had a, uh, a roommate, Victor Treadwell was black and his sister Gail lived with us as well. She was black and he used to call me that all the time. I didn't call him that, but he called me that and it was an affectionate name for me. He did it cause he liked me. Yeah. You were you part know? of the tribe. I guess the tribe, that particular tri- tribe that lived in that apartment. Right. You know, got along with him very well. You're, he brought you in. He, you were part of his family. Maybe that's a better way to say it than part of the tribe. No, I did not say it to him. Uh, and he never called me that in public, by the way. Only when we were at home or in private, he would call me that, but not in public. He would never call me that in public. So, you know. And notice I didn't just say, well, he used to call me. Uh, yeah. No, that's, <laughs> no, that's not good. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, there were probably recordings of me saying the word out there from 30 years ago because I was re- I would read stories, and then I told a story once. About, yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's. But I did stop using it long before a lot of publications stopped using it because it was just we sat down. Uh, Dave Hamilton and the general manager and I sat down and said, you know, it's probably best to stop using that word. I said, but it's written there in the in the on the. They said, yeah, I know, but it's just it doesn't sound good on the air. And so we decided to stop doing it. That's how it all stopped. And that was a long time ago. In any case, uh, back to John Schnatter. And by the way, change your name. Schnatter <laughs> sounds the least Italian of any name I've ever heard in my entire life. But I have heard for a lot of, a lot of people that John Schnatter is a flaming prick. He's not a nice person. Uh, he stepped on as CEO after blaming slowing sales of NFL players kneeling during the national anthem. He is now suing the company to get his hands on corporate records. We're witnessing the single greatest brand suicide in recent consumer history. Eric uh, Schiffer of Reputation Management Consultants tells Bloomberg his persona is fused with the company. Schnatter seems to agree with the latter point, with Bloomberg quoting him as saying he's Papa John's number one asset as far as a spokesman or a spokesmanship, adding that employees and franchisees are dying to hear from me and I'm dying to talk to them. The value of Papa John's shares has decreased by more than a third in the past year per Bloomberg. And same-store sales have slumped over the past two quarters. I think their pizza is terrible anyway. So it hasn't really affected me. I think if you really cared about the brand and you were John Schnatter, you would say, you know what, you guys, this has gone off the rails. It's not what I wanted. I want the brand to continue. I want good things to happen for all the employees that... And all the shareholders and all the franchisees. So I'm going to take a step back for a while and take a nice long vacation. And I'm going to trust that everything that I taught everybody is going to work well. So in other words, you would have stepped down before you were taken out of that seat. Absolutely. 
Yeah, probably. If you probably were, th- if, good, if you good truly move. were thinking about the best thing for the company yeah, and the people that have believed in you and bought into your franchise and all of that, yeah, if you want to be an I arrogant asshole that. and think about yourself, but it's still not coming out well. He's still no. now he's no, it's revealed not. himself. It is not going well. That is for sure. Um, Andy, when's the last time you were in a mall? Um, probably the last time we went to the House of Comedy. So that was over a year ago. Yeah. You don't go to malls? Nope. You go to malls, Cassie? Um, every once in a while. Like which mall do you go to? Uh, well, I was just at Southdale. Cause I guessed it was Southdale. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, because we saw a movie screening there. so we. Well, yeah. you can't count that as the mall, though, because the movie, you go in from the outside. Yeah, but we went into the mall. Oh, you we did had, too? Okay. We ate before the movie oh, and okay. everything. Where did so, you eat? Uh, DeLeo's Pizza. Is it good? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's um kind of a throwback arcade pizza. Mm. Oh, like really? 80s pizza place. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. It's really you neat. go to malls, Katie? I've never heard of it. Uh, rarely. Rarely. Usually in and out. I have certain places I'll go, and but not to just you know, not like when our kids were little and you'd yeah, and you'd wander, wander the malls and take That's the little true. kids in the strollers and. Mm-hmm. I guess malls are getting just hammered. They're just absolutely getting hammered. The continued deterioration of traditional mall traffic has taken another casualty. This time it's Brookstone, purveyor of various and sundry gadgets and gifts, which will close all of its 101 mall locations in the U.S. as it files for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. Because people buy it all online. Mm -hmm. They do. They buy it all online now, don't they? Well, not to mention most malls are just crawling with... You know, thuggery. Less desirable people. Well, it's true. There's a lot of thugs that hang out at malls. Yeah, now. for some Sorry, reason, almost all of them. You, there's just tons of young people looking for trouble. Stirring and it's like, the pot. I don't, yeah, I don't need to be around that. Well, I agree. And I think a lot of it too is, um, especially stuff that you can get at uh, stores like that. You can get them on Amazon. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah. Well, again, I bought six cases of of buy bubbles today on Amazon because I didn't have time to go to the. Costco. At a premium. Yeah. Yes, at a premium of forty-two extra dollars, which I didn't know, but you know, don't worry about my feelings. So, I had an idea once. I really think if you're going to make malls, because now we've got these big malls sitting. I mean, they're closing yeah, all over the place. Yep. You put sports athletic courts in the middle of malls. Like Good idea. I can't. I can't tell you how many years we spent going to volleyball games, basketball games, following our kids' athletic careers. As they traveled from place to place to place. And if that would have been in a mall, mm-hmm. because we'd always end up at a mall or going yeah, to somewhere to true. eat or something like that. That would at least you'd get a captive audience for a while. Mm-hmm. And the ceilings are high enough and you usually have a big enough atrium that you could have great viewing. So I say, like take Rosedale. I grew up, that was my first job I ever had was Rosedale. That's Rosedale, yeah. Is put a basketball court uh um, indoor soccer all within the atrium of the malls and then mm-hmm. bring the teams in yeah that makes bring sense. the tournaments in yeah it would make sense so if anybody takes that idea and does it i just you want one percent that's 1%. all percent i will tell you if at, at 20 years old if somebody had told me someday they would tear down brookdale I'd have gone, you're out of your mind that place is right? busy as hell when i was 20 years old i used to go to brookdale it was hopping and especially at christmas time you couldn't even get in that place you couldn't find a place to park. Now it, they tore it down. I mean, that's how. Years and, they and years and years ago, it. Apache yeah. Plaza was another one. Yeah, they tore that down too. You're absolutely right. So, in other words, all the ones that I frequented, mm-hmm. they tore down. Well, that's because you're shopping online. It's your fault. It's not my fault because uh, let's see, what, what I, what's the last thing I bought at a mall? I'm trying to think. <laughs> well, I do go to the Galleria. Is that really a mall though? Yeah. Or is it just a grouping of stores? <laughs> that would be a it doesn't lot. Seem like I know. A mall. <laughs> You have a strip mall, then you have a mall complex. Yeah, that's true, right? I Let's think see. Ridgedale's doing pretty well, as Seems malls like go. Now, Galleria, they do not allow thuggery there. No thugs no. hang out at the Galleria. That is not going to happen, which I uh, salute you for. We don't need a bunch of thugs hanging out. At, honestly, God, down in Florida, we used to go you know, down for a holiday place called Wellington. And you wouldn't oh, believe yeah. the thugs is... that used to hang out at Wellington Mall. Yeah. It was dangerous to go in there. And it was a beautiful, brand-new place. But they just let the thugs take it over. Kathy is on the phone. Oh, Kathy's on now? Oh, good. 
yeah. No, Kathy's not on. Kathy's not on now. It's Wendy. I just oh, to oh, it's okay. Wendy. Andy, yeah, what Hello. the hell's wrong? Well, I don't really have the capacity to. Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. I love doing that to you. Hello. You know, you were talking about uh, malls and weird things they were doing. Mm-hmm. I swear, when we went to Naplewood a couple of weeks ago, I swear to God, they're putting in a nightclub in the middle of the mall. Really? Maplewood. It's kind of weird because they've got like these like lounging couches, you know, like to, well, like that. You know, couches for people to sit on, and they're there. It looks like something they do after a certain time of night, but you know, it's going to get people in there. Why not? Yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. However, you can get people in there. I, I like Kay, uh, Katie's idea. Just put some. Uh, I do too. Some sports facilities in there, and let's light it up. I like that. Yeah, there's a lot of things they can do, and unfortunately, the malls are, like, really, a lot of them, they, they go by, like, the old business models of what they think will bring people in. They're not taking into account um, all the e-commerce, and if you want to get your customers in the door, you have to do something special to get them in there. No, Wendy, I have so, to ask you I this, because you seem like the kind of person that would know the answer to this. It says no. here that... Uh, it's cha- chapter eleven bankruptcy. Is what? What kind of bankruptcy is that? Reorganization. Reorganization. So yeah, it's not really. So it's not really bankruptcy. Chapter seven is. Chapter seven is. You know, you're going to sub. You're going under. What's thirteen? Mm-hmm. I thought. I and thought 13, thirteen was yeah. you're going under. I don't. No, uh, I can't remember right offhand. It's been a while since I had that. Went through that in my business classes. But chapter thirteen is an individuals. Is, oh, individual. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. The reason I ask is yeah. that uh, that Brookstone, this is the second time they've filed bankruptcy. The first time was in 2014, and I always thought you could only file bankruptcy every seven years, not every four years. I'm kind of, I'm kind of wondering if it's different for corporations. Yeah, Because probably. there are some corporations that they reorganize, and then uh, they they switch some stuff on their filing, and they, they change just enough stuff to come out a new company. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. Does that make sense? It does. It makes total I mean, sense. Well, and, you know, Brookstone, we've bought stuff there before, and it's a cute store, but some of the stuff is a bit spendy. I mean, you know, they, they tried to make it like, uh, uh, what was that, uh, Sharper Image, and it's like a oh, lot of people yeah. aren't looking for Sharper Image prices when the manufacturing quality is not Sharper Image. Well, that's true. makes total sense. By the way, in 2014, a Chinese consortium bought the business of uh, Brookstone, for $136 million. In a statement, the CEO called the decision to close the stores difficult. Brookstone says it will sell its airport stores, all 35 of them, which it says are performing well, according to the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, I could see the Brookstones at, at airports would, would perform very oh, well. Oh, I forgot my headphones. I forgot my yeah, neck pillow, yep, that yep. kind of stuff. That's exactly right. But the consortium, I'm telling you, that is ruining business oh it is You're that right. that's no, ruining yeah. because they're You're jacking right. the prices up and then do they care it's a bunch of businesses that that lose a little they'll take the tax write-off yeah it's exactly it and you and i end up paying for it exactly. the taxpayers end well, up paying honestly, for it. katie sometimes the consortiums like that they buy stuff with the um you know that kind of the unspoken reasoning of buying it is because they're basically going to raid the business for all it's worth. Absolutely, put it into bankruptcy and just walk away. I've seen that happen. That that's what happened with Toys R Us. Exactly. I was just going to say that. Exactly. All right. When do you want to go, or do you want to stick around for another segment? Uh, I got to go. I have a conference call coming up, but I just thought I'd pop that in. Okay, big shot. <laughs> we'll talk to no, you soon. No, you know it's just the just the life of a. That's what life it, of a, an analyst. I understand. We will talk <laughs> to you soon. You have a good day. You too. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I'd been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it's as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it because I have a pretty big melon, pretty big head, and my pillow will prop it right up. I can get my neck aligned and I sleep very well because of it. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for my listeners. MyPillow is offering buy one MyPillow and get another absolutely free. Don't delay. Order now. This offer expires August 1st. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code TOM. Call 1-800-516-5146 
and use promo code TOM. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority's also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand-new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call Roger or Eddie right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Blue Monday. Oh, hey, Blue Monday. I love it. Go sleep all day. Wish we can get back to music like this. Oh, I love this music. And what's so funny about him is Fats Domino. They called him Fats. He weighed 200 pounds. <laughs> if I weighed 200 pounds, I'd look like a skeleton. I would. He must honestly. have weighed more than that. I think you think he was lying. Well, yeah. he was short. He was, only, yeah, he he was, was very like five, short. Six. Yeah. Oh, well, then maybe. But yeah, seriously. I got down to 215 once mm-hmm. a few years ago, and I I looked like this massive chest and a bunch of skeletal arm. <laughs> I looked really bad. So, I mean, it's a different world now, What how much people weigh and all that stuff. It's a totally well, different world. It is, and it's amazing <clears throat> to me. I mean, if I... <laughs> And I don't mind. I mean, I, I, it is what it is. But if I if I told you what I was carrying right now, you would not believe it. Well, I would believe it because I, I mean, I remember when I was a kid that if a woman weighed much more than 110, she was considered, you know, oh, you better cut back. <laughs> but now a lot of women weigh 150, 160. Some of them, well, for, aren't you like six one or something? I'm five eleven. Well, you're five eleven. Mm-hmm. I thought and you were I would, taller than that. Nope, I'm five eleven, and I'm going to guess that we are within three pounds of each other. No way. Absolutely. Not a chance. Absolutely. And I will get on a scale to prove it. Absolutely. Really? Because mm-hmm. I weigh 237 and a half. Okay, we're within. <laughs> <laughs> Abridged. Oh, no, no. Well, I I was going on your 215. I'm within three pounds of 215. Yeah, but you're you're tall and you also have broad shoulders. Not You don't carry a lot of fat on you. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I don't know. You no, know, no, no. You know, I carry a lot of I carry a lot of water weight. A lot no, no, of no. water weight. And the only reason I talk about this is because I think it's so stupid that people don't, because there are so many different body types and so many different areas that women are for to be accepting of themselves. It's mm-hmm. like I am what I am, and I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know that people are going. You know, I like her because she's this weight or that weight or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel better when I weigh less, but health problems take you to a certain point and then now we'll get back to another point that just i carry better but it but the whole weight thing about what do people weigh and all of that is it's fascinating to me it is absolutely well again i i weighed 317 and a half when i started neutromost and now i weigh 237 and a half and if i get down to 225 which i wanted to get down to 235 and i went no that's not enough i have to lose more weight so Dan over at Nutrimos said, once you get down to 225, I get down to 225, uh, we'll have lost 92.5 pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. That's but fantastic. Anyway, I don't even know if I'll stop there, I, but I, I don't know. It all depends because I'm going to get down to 225, stay there, and lift weights. And then if I can maintain 225 and, while building muscle, I'll look much better. And if I lose weight and get down to 215, I'll look like a big-chested skeleton again. It'll look mm-hmm. really weird. Unless yeah. you put that, you'll put muscle weight back on, yeah. and so that yeah. will help you too, which will, will look a little cal- bit different. It'll burn calories too. A lot Absolutely. of people, muscle, muscle mass burns a lot of calories. The only, uh, yeah, from the, from the time I, when I was uh, in my 20s to now, when I was in my 20s, my, my muscle mass was 220 or 225, something like that. It's now, I think, 170, which is still a lot of muscle for a guy to be carrying, 
but it's nowhere near 225 pounds. <laughs> so yeah. I, I can't even imagine. I met my husband at a gym working out. Yeah, I right, loved right. working out. I mean, I, I used to work out with his brother once in a yeah. while. <laughs> People don't realize. I have, yeah, I used to work out with his brother. Uh, it said, yeah, Joe from Louisville, don't skip leg day. You ever seen my legs, Joe, Joe from Louisville? I have never skipped a leg day in my life. <laughs> a lot, what Joe's talking about, and he's absolutely right, and you know this. A lot of people have these massive upper bodies and these spindly little legs because they won't do leg day. Yeah, they have the, I call those people the credible edible egg. Yeah, it's like their eggs exactly. on stilts. I, like, I yeah. will say the funniest part about that with the Harms boys mm-hmm. is that genetically, they just never got calves. It is hysterical. Oh, it does happen genetically. It's true. I, but they all, they were all in the gym and, and lifting heavyweights, legs, and doing right. the whole. And they were aerobically fit, you know, back before it was really cool to be aerobically fit. But, man, I'm telling you, not a one of them. I think I have bigger calves than all of them. I'm yeah, pretty maybe. sure. You might be right about that. I, uh, I was telling a story. I got that Hydra seal. I was talking about it yesterday, as a matter of fact. But I hadn't worked out in a while. This is about, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago. I hadn't worked out in a while, so I went in the gym and started lifting weights again. I used to warm up on the leg press with 750 pounds. Well, that was a little too hefty. I had a hernia surgery when I was 19. I felt and heard it tear. It was oh. unbelievable. Like, whoa. And I was literally black and blue from my knee up to my left shoulder. The whole side was black and blue. It was horrible. So I probably, uh, next time when I hit the gym, I probably won't warm up with 750. Probably not a good idea. But, you know. You might you might have a couple more years on you too, so your body you is going to want you That's to true. maybe take it slowly. One thing I loved, and I hope I'm not the guys who are in their late 60s or early 70s who get back in the gym and they start building a little bit of muscle, not a lot, but a little bit of muscle. Every one of them dyes their hair really dark. Oh God! <laughs> I want to be young again. It's very <laughs> funny. It's like, man, your hair is like black. <laughs> Me. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. Google is looking to re-enter the Chinese market. It exited in protest over government censorship in a move critics say is nothing short of hypocritical. According to the information in Intercept, Google has presented to Chinese officials two mobile apps, one for Internet searches, one focusing on news aggregation, that would block content blacklisted by the government. You can't do that. It's a savvy business move in a lucrative market of over 750 million users, dominated by search engine Baidu. Uh, yet it recalls Google's 2010 exit from China over the same government censorship. So 2010, it wasn't good. Eight years later, oh, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Google's been doing a lot of scummy stuff. They really lately. are a scummy company, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Can you do anything other than a Google search? Bing. Bing search. I do Bing searches all the time now. Google disgusts me. It really does. It's just, come on. Gmail is Google, isn't it? Yeah, yes. unfortunately. I'm going to have to get rid of it. That's all there is to it. I, so Google. I switched to Outlook. Yeah, I use Outlook mostly. But, yeah, they, all of a sudden it's okay. Oh, you know, it's, don't worry about it. Um, the same government censorship, its latest efforts, would reportedly support co-founder Sergey Brin, specifically cited totalitarian governments when pulling the Chinese service, Though the company had said in 2006 that removing uh, search results was better than providing no information per CNN. Google, which already had translation and file management apps available in China, had notified Chinese users that their search results were being censored. It's unclear if the apps now in development would do the same. Well, I have a question. How do they do business with, uh, what is it called, Weibo? or What's it called, the internet over there? Weibo, Weibo. I think. Yeah, there you go. It's Weibo. Uh, yes. But you can't get on the internet outside of China on Weibo, can you? I don't know. I think that was one of the things they talked about, is uh, is the fact that you go on Weibo in China, you can't, or at least you didn't used to be able to get on the internet uh, in America. Do you think that's that's changed now? I have no idea. I don't either. They I have keep no changing, I mean... One minute they have it where you can't access anything, and then they'll give you certain accesses. To, but it, it's just bizarre how they work their internet over there. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I would have no idea how to get on the dark web either. Huh? <laughs> Me neither. I, I thought about no that idea. once. It's probably good. Yeah, to not be on the dark web. Well, it's probably good to not even know because I wonder if the 
temptation to do it just to see to do what it was. dirty work? That it was just to see. Yeah, I just maybe. want to see what happens. Andy, do you know anything about dark web? Um, a little. Well, how do you get on? I mean, don't. <laughs> why would you get on the dark web? Why would you be on there? Do illegal stuff. Why? How is that possible you could do that? Because I, I think they have so many uh, firewalls and. Well, who provides the dark web? We're, I have no company? idea. Bad people. Is it bad people? But that's how they, yeah. It, you can work on the dark web very anonymously. Mm-hmm. Oh, is so, that right? Yeah, so that's why they use it for illegal activity. Whether that's it's disgusting. Selling, selling drugs. They sell drugs? Oh, yeah. That's where a lot of people, a lot of these um, uh, people that have been uh, not really arrested, but they've been called out for selling, um, you know, pharmaceuticals overseas that the pill is not exactly what they said it was. Yeah, yeah. And they go underground into this dark web. So then they, you know, and they can go under any type of name. And then they sell all these, you know, pharmaceutical I, pain. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think I'm smart notes. enough to even I'm comprehend the levels <laughs> of things well, that do, you need to go through to get to that point. There's place. sex trafficking through oh. the dark web. On the web. dark web. Yeah. So it's all filth. Mm, it's, pretty much. It's, yeah, yeah it's, bla- it's like the black market. I mean, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, it's. All right, I'm going to read this story and you two can't tear up. Uh oh. No tearing up. Okay. A Florida mother says she has finally heard from her missing daughter, Emily Paul, who left a note and vanished from the family home five years ago when she was only 14 years old. After five years, she's finally heard from her. To all our friends and extended family, we want to let you know that we have heard from Emily. Pam Massimiani said in a Facebook post, we do not have any further information to share at this moment. Massimiani says she has received a letter which she is pretty sure came from Emily though she's not going to reveal the contents. The Panama City News Herald reports there's a lot of mixed emotions and a lot of feelings, she said. The ball is in her court still, Ms. Emiani says. Bay County Sheriff's Deputy Chief Joel Heap tells people that the Sheriff's Office is still trying to determine whether the letter really came from Emily, who apparently followed online advice on how to disappear successfully. At 14, she wanted to disappear from her own family. Well, I can tell you exactly what that was. What? She was probably having issues with her parents. Right. Absolutely. And she probably looked on the Internet on how to disappear, and uh, that comes into play of sex trafficking. These guys will oh, let me help God. you. I will oh. help you run away and disappear, get in your own identity, and then they get trapped into this... Um, lifestyle of prostituting themselves. Really? Do you think that's where she is? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. She took items she had used to get online, including her Xbox, and never reappeared on Facebook or other social media sites. So one letter is all they've gotten from her in five years, and she has not revealed where she is. So uh, that's amazing. That's such a... I, 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 I agree with you. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a really good synopsis. Yeah, I've watched... Girls um, at that age are tough. Yeah. They're tough. Yeah, I've watched a lot of documentaries on it uh, with this, how they uh, reel in these young, impressionable girls. I mean, they range from, you know, 12, 13 years of age to 17. And how they, I mean, they make it sound like it's, I mean, it's like a pimp. They make it sound like this. It's a fabulous lifestyle. Oh, that yeah. They'll take care yeah. of you. And it is by far not what they expected. Yeah. I mean, they get they get put in these, um, like, boarding houses almost where all these girls are under one roof. And then they just, they're going from one job to the next. Oh, so they literally all live in some warehouse or something? Pretty much. There are oh, cases God. where, yeah, that's where they are. Or they isolate them into... Um, they have like a network of people and they'll house these like two or three girls at a time with one, um, one of the network people, I guess you would call it. And they'll send the girls. I mean, remember when we had the Super Bowl, we hosted the Super Bowl. That was one of the things coming into the Super Bowl was watching for this because they'd bring them in for, for the people who were attending the Super Bowl that want evidently which is a whole nother thing that's disgusting. But back to this poor mother. I mean, I don't, that's yeah. just 
Well, you heart wrenching. Yeah, because you interviewed. Um, I can't remember the gal's name with that documentary Jane Doe, where it was about that. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and I watched that documentary, and that was a huge eye opener on how these family and these mothers are desperately trying to find their daughters, and um, you know, and the girls will kind of put like kind of, they call them like breadcrumbs. Yeah. You know, they'll send a letter here or a text message here mm-hmm. in hopes because these guys will monitor these girls very heavily to find out if they're corresponding with people, who are they corresponding with, and they will um, stop any type of communication if they feel like the girls are trying to get oh, out of God. this network. So the key is, as a parent, you have to monitor your child mm-hmm. to the level that the criminals are monitoring them once they get their yeah. hands on them. I mean, you have to be that vigilant. I, I don't know. I'm so thankful that the computer was just really kind of getting going when our kids were young. Yeah. Well, Andy, Andy what year, how old were you when you started hopping on a computer? About 13. Yeah, so, you know, that was pretty good. Except for he found pornography immediately. <laughs> Way to go, Andy. Well, I don't know about immediately. <laughs> it's uh, Pretty out there on the internet, though. It is, yeah. no doubt about it. We, Our guest is on the phone for next segment. All right, we'll be right back in a couple of minutes. Our special guest, Kat, is it Kathy Coke? Is that how yeah. you say her? I believe so. I believe so. We'll find out. Dr. Coke, uh, right after this, Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, <clears throat> repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Let's talk about good things. Does your car work? You got a roof over your head? You got kids, parents, a spouse who loves you, or a mate? These are the good things you have because you live in America, the country that has more immigration than any other nation on earth. You have these things because the U.S. military stands at a wall and protects you from any person or thing that would take them away from you. The entire volunteer military that stands at the ready just in case. The greatest fighting force ever known on planet earth. Every person serving in our military is ready to lay down their life for your freedom. And all too often, they do. I'm the executive director of the Gold Star Ride Foundation, an organization set up to do just one thing. Take care of families left behind when one of our brave fighters loses their life for you. We're riding motorcycles throughout the country to achieve this purpose, and you can help. Go to goldstarride.org and make a donation or learn where we are so you can come and ride with us. It's a small thing we do. It was a huge thing that they did. Goldstarride.org. That's goldstarride.org. Make a donation today. What what kind of morose tune is this? This is Creep by Radiohead. Oh, by Radiohead. Okay. Dr. Kathy, how are you? I'm fabulous. Thank you. Glad to hear it. Is your last name pronounced Coke? It is not. We actually pronounce it Cook. 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 Yes. There's many ways to pronounce that spelling of K-O-C-H. It's one of the reasons I go by Dr. Kathy professionally. It's just easier. Yeah, see, I went with Dr. Kathy, so I figured that out immediately. (laughs) No getting around it. Uh, Promoting her book, Screens and Teens, Connecting with Our Kids in a Wireless World. This terrifies me and my children at 31 and 29. So what does that tell you, Dr. Mm. Cook? Well, yeah, it's relevant for young adults. Uh, Absolutely. 34 years ago, personal computer was invented, or 37 years ago, personal computer was invented, and 25 years ago, the World Wide Web. So people who are under those ages have never known life without the ease of technology, and it does make them different from us. No, no question about it. And I, I really fear that, that human connection thing. Uh, there are parents now, from what I understand, Dr. Cook, that um, they're buying tutors for their children to make them better at gaming. Yes, I was just reading about that today, in fact. It makes me sad. I think it's a tragic um, statement about what they value. And, you know, and some parents have told me, and this is legitimate, that they have a deeper connection with their kids when they game together. Like, I do get that. Mm -hmm. They're desperate to try to stay connected to their middle school and high school boys and girls. And yet, seriously, there's more important things to spend your money on and more important things for your kids to become experts at. 
And there's also the danger of them confusing fantasy with reality and, you know, the fact that they think they can win every game and so they don't, they don't have the humility to learn how to lose. Oh, my goodness, I could go on and on. You know, it's really amazing, Dr. Cook, is I, I, we have a 31-year-old son who he's here with us. As a matter of fact, he's the chief engineer on the show. And then our daughter is 29. She just had a baby, so she's not here. But uh, she and her husband have two children now. And it's really funny, and I, this may be unusual and maybe it isn't. Maybe it's not. But when we're uh, with our daughter, I wish our son Andy was there. And with our son Andy, we wish our daughter were there. It's that whole family unit thing that I really do miss. And sometimes we all get together. But it's so weird when I'm with one or the other I kind of pine for the other one to be there as well. Is that unusual? Oh, I think that's such a beautiful statement about the value of family. You know, and when you were raising the kids, you were together and you played together and you gained, you know, you did board games together, together. you went yep. to the park together. Yep. You probably taught your son and daughter similar skills at about the same time. You have those rich memories and you enjoyed watching them enjoy each other. So, you know, you're grieving that. And one of the reasons that, you know, I wrote the book and one of the reasons Kirk Cameron did the movie Connect was to say to the family, come back together. The family unit really, really, really matters. Now, Andy, what do you think of that? Do you think, well, because you, you come over, you and Melissa come over now, and Alex mm-hmm. and Dan come over with their kids, and do you, because you're 31 years old now, is, is family more important to you than it was when you were 21? Not necessarily. Oh, that's nice, Dr. Well, I mean, I think it's he just always... just me right in the back. I think it's Did always you? been, you know... <laughs> part of my life it's good comeback comeback, he came charging back dr cook you know i've got a question about this you were mentioning that you you've just learned about people hiring tutors so i I think about this and i don't know what age this is starting but let's talk about sports and kids sports and how they get them coaches and private coaches and things like that because they show that maybe they have a talent towards something. And aren't they now giving scholarships to universities for gaming? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's not surprising to me when you look at how kids' sports have taken that road. It's not take anything away. I totally agree with you that the the value of the family needs to stay in there tremendously. I mean, that's kind of the core of Mm -hmm. it if you're going to, if you're going to go, if, you know, if you're going to have a well-balanced kid, but that doesn't surprise me, the hiring tutors and, and all of that being, you know, maybe, maybe it's just because I'm from a sports family or, you know, our kids were all involved in that or music or dance or, you know, take, take your pick. Right. And I'm a former, actually a former uh, dancer, athlete and musician. So I, I can resonate with what you're saying. And those things are um, team. Usually there's a team. Usually there's a community. Usually it's real. Usually you're out in the sun. You're getting vitamin D. You know, you're learning how to win and lose. And, yeah, if you really show an aptitude for something, I agree with you. I don't have a problem with a parent, you know, putting a kid on a, you know, class A team, if you will, if they're developmentally ready for it and if it's healthy and if it doesn't um, negate the rest of their lives. The problem with gaming is that it's addictive. There's an abundance of research that suggests that, once the addiction channels are alert in the brain, they will always have to be filled. And the younger that our kids are becoming addicted, and five, six, seven-year-old kids are addicted because I've watched what happens a three-year-old. You take a device away from a three-year-old and they throw a hissy fit because they're learning that they're in control. They're learning they can be happy all the time. One of my concerns with parents who you know, have prioritized gaming for their kids is that they want their kids happy all the time. And parents admit this to me in my seminars. One of the lies of technology is that I can be happy all the time. Everything is new and now and entertaining and about me. And there's copy and paste and the reboot button and streaming and the GPS. And everything's easy. And so I can be successful. And parents have got to recognize that if they don't teach their kids how to lose with humility and get back up and be resilient, they will not make it in the world because the real world has you know real valleys and real trap doors and real potholes that you got to navigate around no question i love this quote by the way dr cook being connected through our technology may make sense but the human heart will always long for the deeper connection of person to person i love that quote mm, thank you you know and back to what your son said about family 
you know, the need for family changes. So I respect what he was saying. Um, I think that, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I love my, I have one brother married to my best friend. Actually, we see each other maybe only two or three times a year uh, connected. But, boy, when we get together, it is rich differently from when we were kids. But I would pray that siblings um, maintain a really deep friendship. And I love that you want to see that happen for your adult kids. So I just wanted to affirm that. Well, thank you. That's very, very nice of you. It, yeah, I, I suppose... Well, Katie, your family spends a lot of time together, so we you're do. the same yeah, way. Yeah, we have three daughters, and, and I remember telling them once when they were little kids, you know, you're going to be the only people that you know cradle to grave. You're going mm-hmm. to be best friends. You're going to be friends, and you're going to fight, and you're going to work it out. And I I am really proud that they are very good friends, and they go to each other when there's problems and when they need some advice and just to have fun. So, um, mm-hmm. And the, my oldest also, we were talking about this she and her husband have one baby, one on the way, one two-year-old. When we go over to their house, we all put our cell phones in a basket. Um, Excellent. And we yeah. don't, we're not on them. And, um, you know, my husband's a doc, so sometimes he'll have to have his a little little closer. But the Apple Watch has helped with that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can look at it and say, is this important? I got to go get it. Nope, I'm going to leave it alone. Rather than pick the phone up and look, because it's absolutely astounding when our granddaughter started seeing us with phone and emulating what you do with the phone and figuring it out and figuring out that she could see Elmo on there, and mm. it's unbelievable how fast that happens. Yeah, they're very intuitive they're, because of the way that their brain is working nowadays, and that's ultimately a good thing. It could really be an advancement you know, that's going to be a blessing to your granddaughter. But, yeah, what evidence that they model the people they love. And this is why we ought to be reading, you know, a book with pages that turn and, you know, playing, playing real games, um, you know, having real conversations, again, going to the park and digging in the dirt when, after a rainstorm and finding out what happens. You know, dirt becomes mud and there are worms down there. This is so cool. You know, kids aren't getting those experiences. <laughs> right. That's very true. One of, one of my proudest moments, and, and stick with me on this story because it sounds a little harsh in parts of it, but I loved it because it sent the message, my father will protect me. I loved hearing this. And I, and I said, well, you can't really do that. But uh, when Andy was eight years old, Alex, our daughter, was six years old, we had a new sidewalk put in front of our house. And uh, the, the cement worker and the aggregate worker, they were there and laying it down. And Andy kept putting his name in the wet cement. And the guy said, Andy, you can't really do that. I don't think your parents want it in there, so i gotta, I got to smooth that over. So just, yeah, don't do that. Mm. The guy calls to lunch, comes back, Andy's name's written in the wet cement again. <laughs> and so the guy says, seriously, Andy, I, your dad's going to get mad at me if I let you do this. Maybe we could set up a separate block up and you can write your name in that. And he goes, you know, whatever. So, uh, again, the guy goes to take a coffee break in the afternoon. He comes back, and Andy's name is in there again. And the guy says, Andy, seriously, you can't do this. And Andy, eight years old, looks up at him and says, my dad's going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I said, Andy, you can't talk to people like that. But at the same time, I was like, this kid knows that I'll protect him. I loved that feeling. Yeah, that's great. And I love that he valued his name, you know, and that he wanted yeah. to be remembered in that moment. That's a that's a really great identity story. Yeah. It is. It absolutely. I love everything about that story because I said, no, no, you can't really talk to people like that. But right, right. It's that whole thing. I'm holding your, your book. We're talking to Dr. Kathy Cook uh, about screens and teens connecting with our kids in a wireless world. It is to me becoming more and more important to make uh, more important to make sure there is a connection. Is, is that is that the case? Is that the truth? Oh, absolutely. Kids want to know what their parents think. They want to know what their parents feel. They will always want their parents' protection. Now, many of them won't ask for that, you know, and that's that's just adolescence, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we we've got to be brave and and push in and not let them, you know, walk away from us, our relationship, our family. We've got to know what turns them on and ticks them off. What are their dreams and their values? What do they hope they can accomplish? And then when technology will bless them and, and be you know, a blessing uh, to their future goals, then go with it. But when we recognize that they're isolating, they're, they don't have any real friends, they only have, you know, if you will, Instagram friends, or they've stopped depth communication, no deep communication, because they think, as I put it in my book, you know, I'm the center of the, of the universe. So if I'm the center of the universe, then I don't need anybody so go away. If we see our kids doing that, 
we've got to be brave, step in and realize that that's going to damage who they are today and who they're going to be tomorrow. Um, because in reality, we will always work, learn, and live in community. And one of the dangers of the technology is that it separates all of us. Husbands and wives separate yeah. the man cave and the Pinterest scrolling. And, you know, to, that those are stereotypes, but it's actually quite true um, that we – we choose to invest only in ourselves, and, and we weren't created for that. We were created to have relationships that matter. I love this next uh, next line or two. Dr. Kathy Cook, in her book, Screens and Teens, she exposes the lies that technology can teach your teen, guides you into countering those lies with biblical truths and helpful practices. What's that all about? So, so what, how does technology lie to children? Yeah, for instance, the lie, I believe, that a lot of us believe, kids in particular, I am the center of my own universe. Right. You know, when my, when my phone rang, when I was a kid, <laughs> if the phone rang, I had to answer it because I didn't have a clue who was there. If my cell phone rings today, I can look at it and decide I'm not in the mood to talk to that person. Yeah. And I can create the world I want. I can buy only one song for a dollar. When I was a kid, I had to buy the whole album, even if I didn't want the whole yeah. album. Yeah. So kids today can create the world that keeps them happy. You know, lie number two, I deserve to be happy all the time. And they're running from the Valley experience. You know, they don't have to listen to what they don't want to. They don't have to watch what Dad is watching. They can go to their room on a device and stream what they want. They, um, they can ask Google, you know, the question that they should be asking their dad because they don't want to know what Dad thinks. And so mm -hmm. there's the happiness lie. And then there's the lie that I deserve choice. You know, when, we were, when you and I were growing up, we knew that choice was a privilege. And I imagine, for the most part, we didn't whine, complain, and throw hissy fits when we didn't get our way. Right. Today's kids think because of the drop-down menu on all the devices they open, and just look at the front of your phone. We have all these options. And so their brain is wired to expect always having a choice, which is why parents are telling me that kids are complaining, arguing, and never satisfied. And if you grow up never content because you always think there would have been a better choice, you're going to be a miserable person because happiness, you can't control other people. Happiness is not a guarantee. I think it's, a, it's an issue that mental health crisis in our country, uh, the happiness and the choice lie, uh, combat. And then line number four that I address um, is that I'm my own authority. I actually believe I'm my own authority because I don't need my dad. I can go to you, you know, YouTube University, Google.com. I can ask Siri on the phone the meaning of life. She's wrong, but I can ask her, you know? <laughs> and, you know, if, if you ask her, my favorite answer is chocolate. She has about 20 different answers to the question, <laughs> what's the meaning of life? You know, and so kids think that, you know, again, that they can be their own authority. They've, they've grown up watching authority failure, uh, obviously, in our country in all different kinds of um, situations. And so, you know, I, I don't need you becomes their attitude. I, I am the center of the universe, so why do I need you as authority? And then the last lie that I address in the book is the lie that information is all I need. Um, and they think that's true because you have the email blast and the text alert and the crawl across the bottom of the TV screen. And, you know, you don't need to dig deep for wisdom. All, we're in a data-driven, you know, culture. What's the score of the game? You know, that's all they care about. And then that's why they think they don't need teachers because they don't think wisdom matters. They even see adults being satisfied by, you know, what's the temperature, what's the score, if you will, and we're not going deep. And it's one of the reasons, again, that I worry about whether or not they're ever going to find real contentment, joy, and gratitude, because wisdom is what they were created for. And if they think data and information will satisfy them, they are mistaken. And it will be another cause of potential depression and stress and being overwhelmed by by what they can't control. Now, that was a mouthful, but that's, you know, that, thanks for asking. That, that's really what the book is about. Absolutely. And then, you know, obviously the book is about a lot of solutions because I, I don't want to leave people, nor do you, you know, with just the problems. Absolutely. Screens and Teens Connecting with Our Kids in a Wireless World. Dr. Kathy Koch, C, it's K-O-C-H. Dr. Cook, really, really great having you on the show. Great interview, and I love your ideas in the book. Absolutely love it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, I hope. I hope so. Bye. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show.